Welcome back to another episode of Primetime KC. On today's episode, we're going to go over what was kind of a, a lull uh, week 12. Did have some exciting games like Buffalo against Philly, maybe the game of the year there, but other than that, kind of a lull. And then we'll get into NFL Week 13, Lock of the Week, Underdog of the Week. It's really starting to come down to the wire now. We're all kind of bunched up in Lock of the Week. Anyone's game still, Underdog of the Week, John, Josh's fate might be set. We'll see. Josh, before we get into week 13, can you update us on the standings? I would be very happy to. Uh, we have a new loser in lock of the week, and that would be Mr. Ogden. Jackson is 6-5-1 and one. after losing Raiders plus 9 against the Chiefs. I am I had a uh, my third one in a row with Ravens minus 3.5 with the Zay Flowers. I love you. Uh, and John is the first member of Primetime Kansas City this year. According to the Lock of the Week database, which is my Google Doc, to hit a Thursday night football bet. He had 49 minus six and a half. So with the standings being set, they are John is eight four and one. Or excuse me, eight and four. I'm seven four and one. Jackson's six five and one. An underdog of the week. We all lost. <laughs> John is six awesome. and six. I'm 0 and twelve. Jackson's three and nine. 0 and twelve. I'll never get tired of hearing that. All right. I, I really need to win one of these next, what, six games? <laughs> Let's get Bad. into it. Thursday Night Football, Seahawks at Cowboys. Cowboys are nine-point home favorites. Both of these teams on full rest, by the way, because they both played on Thanksgiving. Well, Jackson, you start, so. I start? Yep, you are in last place. I'm combined better than you. I'm uh, yeah, but we go. It's tiebreakers underdog of the week. It always goes lock of the week. Oh, okay, 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 fine. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think Dallas kicks the shit out of Seattle the way that they've been kicking the shit out of some of these other teams. But I do expect them to win. Seattle, man, last year was kind of a, a Mickey Mouse year. It's appearing. Geno Smith doesn't look like the same guy. I know he might be banged up, but. That little fairy tale run he had last year just doesn't look the same. I'll take Dallas. You know, one thing you can say about Dallas, as fraudulent as they are, because there's not a team in the league that has played against more teams under 500 than Dallas. Dallas is 8 and 3 and they've only played two teams with a winning record. They're 0 and 2 in those games. But one thing you can say about Dallas is they take care of shit. You know, when they're playing a bad team at home, they take care of them. Seattle's not horrible, but I expect Dallas to win. Uh, but nine is too much for my liking. Yeah, I'm looking at all these lines right now. Um, I'm going to take uh, Dallas. I wouldn't touch this line. I think I, I kind of agree with Jackson. I think Seahawks luck is kind of running out. Uh, Geno Smith, no one. Uh, everyone did write you off for a reason. So with that being said, give me the Cowboys. Uh, nine's kind of a lot, but... I like the Cowboys to win pretty comfortably here. Man, solely on the fact that I don't want to go back-to-back Thursday nights, um, I really look at Dallas as a good team to pick here. Seahawks have gotten blown out by the two actually good teams they've played this season, uh, the Niners and the Ravens. Um, I feel like this is a good situation. Dallas, uh, one of the leaders in point differential in the NFL, Um I really like it, but it's a Thursday, even if it is a full week Thursday. Uh, so I'll stay away, I guess. But I would take Dallas spread, uh, definitely. 
All right, let's go to the Sunday slate. Chargers at Patriots. Chargers are six-point favorites. Somehow Brandon Staley still has a job, and somehow Mac Jones is still the quarterback for New England as of now. Um, This is a horrible, horrible game. Probably the most underperforming team in the league against the worst team in the league. I'll take the Chargers here, but I got to be honest. I'm not going to put it in for our our purposes, but I got to be honest. I think I'd be on New England plus six. I don't trust Brandon Staley or the Chargers in the slightest to win a game comfortably. Yeah, uh, when I look at this game, I think I think six is definitely a, a uh, trap. I think the Patriots are going to play close to the Chargers. I think the Chargers win. I don't know if they win by more. I don't know if they win by a touchdown or more. I wouldn't touch this line, but if I had to pick, I would take Chargers minus six. Yeah, I think this is one of those like double reverse psychology trap lines. Um, I'm definitely staying away from it, but. This is uh, a something's got to give game, right? Because both of these teams have been pretty shambolic recently. Um, I think even though with all the distrust in Brandon Staley, the Patriots are straight up bad. They lost to a quarterback that's uh, kind of a joke. I mean, I don't think that anybody's really doubting that. And it's not a great team outside of the quarterback either. Um, So I'm going to take the Chargers here, uh, but... It's it's a weird situation. Cardinals at Steelers. Steelers are five and a half point favorites. Um, yeah, obviously you would take Pittsburgh here, but they only play weird, low scoring games. But I will say this for Pittsburgh's purposes: while the points didn't really go up last week, they finally had four hundred yards in a game. It was probably not probably it was Kenny Pickett's best performance of the season, um, and I, I just like him here at home. This is a good spot for them, this Arizona team. They're not as horrible as the record may indicate, yeah, but I don't know. Pittsburgh at home, I trust them to get this game done. Not comfortably, not comfortable at all with their line, but I do expect them to win. Yeah, I was really thinking about taking Cardinals underdog of the week here. I really like this line, too. Uh I think the Cardinals cover five and a half. I think this is a field goal game. This is going to be a really ugly game. But with that being said, I think the Steelers probably pull this one out. Fuck it, man. I think they're giving the Steelers a little bit too much respect. Um, I'm going to take Char- or Cardinals plus five and a half as my lock of the week. Wow. Oh, it's so disgusting. I was, I was so close um, to doing it. I don't blame you. It's it's a gross game, and I hope it is. I'm purely betting on this being, you know, an yeah. in the mud, yeah. um, clawing around for a field goal type of game. That's kind of the way I look at this. Um, I just think with the Steelers situation, I have a hard time taking them to beat anyone by six points. I think that they can play a game with just about any team, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an ugly situation. I haven't taken many dogs this year. I think this is a good spot for one. Um, yeah, I think I think Cardinals probably lose but cover this spread. I like him in a three-point loss. Okay. Just looking at it, looks as if game time weather for this game will be 46 and just a little bit cloudy, so nothing uh, terrible condition-wise for the Cardinals, who are obviously a dome team, and obviously Kyler Murray's play is kind of not fit for that kind of weather. So we'll see. Um, divisional matchup coming up. Colts at Titans. Colts are one-point road favorites, and guys – it is 
gonna be December and the Colts are in the playoffs. I mean, what the fuck is happening in this league right now? But I like Tennessee here. Uh, funny enough, Tennessee this year four and zero at home, zero and seven on the road. Four and one. Four and one. Have they lost a home game? Yep. ESPN says they have. Really? It Titans are four and one on the or Titans are four and one at home. Colts no. are four and one on the road. Okay, but the one home game the Titans lost was London. So they actually haven't lost. Uh, they actually have not lost in Tennessee yet this season. So I'm get I'm taking the Titans. I think people are going to buy a little too high on the Colts right now. This is where I kind of want to sell the Colts. Yeah, I don't really see it getting better than this. Gardner typically goes out and has a nice game like he did last week and then comes back and comes back down to earth. I like Tennessee here at home um, in a pretty ugly low-scoring game. Yeah, Colts just announced Jonathan Taylor out two to three weeks with getting thumb surgery. I would not really like to touch this game. I think the Colts barely pull it out. Uh, yeah, I guess I'd take the minus one. Yeah, I'm gonna take the. Uh, I'm gonna fade the Colts here. I'm gonna take the t- Titans. Uh, I think that Jonathan Taylor's injury um, makes a bigger difference than people think. Um, I agree. I mean, look, they do have the good backup in Zach Moss, but they've got something clicking a little bit here, and they've been able to slip by in games against teams that you know they think they have a chance against. Um, look, they're they're on a three game win streak. It's against the Bucks, Patriots, and Panthers. Um, so. You know, that kind of tells you something about the Colts' level, I think. I like them to have that streak end here. I think the Titans can take care of business and get what I believe is Will Levis's first win as a starting quarterback. So, we'll see what happens. He's gotten he, one. he won last week. Oh, oh he, he, he won last, last week? week? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yep. And, he, and was, he beat, the, beat the Falcons Yeah, I took well. Panthers as my underdog of the week. I'm dumb. All right, um, this game is, talking about the Colts being in the seventh seed, this game has a lot at stake for the seventh seed. The Texans, or the Broncos at the Texans, the Texans are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and hit Denver underdog of the week here at plus three-and-a-half. Damn it, son of a bitch! Um, Me and John both looked so fucking stupid when Denver was one and five, and we wavered, and we waved the white flag, and I wish we didn't. Because we were in, in the end, we were right about this Denver team, man. Like they are so much better than they were last year, and they just have a formula right now of winning. It's run first, pass second, and that's what you have to do with this iteration of Russell Wilson. He's got twenty touchdown, you, twenty touchdown passes to four interceptions. He's probably playing the most efficient football of any quarterback in the league right now. It's because they're not asking him to do a lot. Like last week, I believe he only had like what. I'm looking at it right now. He had 134 passing yards. They don't ask him to do a lot. This defense is playing so well. And I think Houston's a good team. C.J. Stroud is unbelievable, but I think they're a year too early. I don't think that they're ready this year. I could be wrong, but I I just feel like they're a year ahead in their rebuild because of how good C.J. Stroud is. I like Denver to win this game. But, I mean, this is the part where Denver's season really comes to fruition because they've got a three-game road trip. And then they've got to finish the year on the road as well after this. So I mean, this is going to be interesting to see. I like Denver in this spot. Yeah, that was going to be my underdog of the week. But at the same time, I think the Texans can get it done. I also have a $50 bet on the Broncos to not get 10 wins mm-hmm. and not get top two in the division. If they get top two in the division, then I owe 20 bucks. Top two to in get the division is over. I owe 20 bucks, but I need the Broncos to get less than 10 wins. If they get nine, it's a push. If they get eight, I get 30. So therefore I could profit 10. 
I don't think that's going to happen. I'm now looking at it as a push. Uh, the Broncos need to lose, what, two more games, and I think they can lose this game to the Texans. Therefore, I'm going to go with my heart and pick the Texans. Um, I'm going to go with the Broncos here. I think this line's, like, when I thought of this line, even in Houston, I had it at Denver minus three and a half. Um, honestly, I didn't know if Jackson was going to go lock or underdog with this one, so I decided to go a little earlier. Um, this is definitely my favorite spot. I'm I like Denver a lot in this game. Um, it's just been they're hot right now. I expect them to stay hot. Um, it's it's starting to come together for them, which is an unfortunate thing to say as a Chiefs fan. Um, but even in Houston, I like them to uh, slow down the CJ Stroud machine. So I, I I think they'll get it done. Lions. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think this could also be one of those. Uh, Whatchamacallit, these games where they start to, re- uh, whatchamacallit, people start to think the Broncos are back and maybe we see the old Broncos come back. Because I don't think this whole Broncos team is going to play this well going into the playoffs. I just don't see it happening. So I'm very interested to see if it does run out. If it doesn't, then I think this truly is a scary team to uh, play in the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a couple things can be true. For one, they've played the last two weeks at least. I mean, they've played Josh Dobbs and Dorian Thompson Robinson. So the last two at home on sure. top of that. So though that, you know, obviously. But they've won at Buffalo. They've beaten the Chiefs. That win against the Packers doesn't look as bad as it does. It, it, it looks better than it did at the time. They, they, they're a quality football team, and you have to give Sean Payton a shit ton of credit because that thing was absolutely just a mess. And he has, you know, gotten the ship right midway through the season with that team. Moving on, the Lions at the Saints. The Lions are four-point favorites in New Orleans. Um, I expect the Lions to come out and have their piss on fire in this game. Like, I expect them to be running through a brick fucking wall. The last two weeks, even though they beat the Bears, they played like crap, and then they lose to the Packers on Thanksgiving. I expect them, Dan Campbell, in this time off, to have them ready for this game. I like Detroit here on the road to win. Yeah, I think when uh, I think Forrest, this was my second favorite line of the week. I like Lions minus four a lot. I think there's a better line for me. So I'm going to pick Lions. I think they easily cover. I'm really tempted to go minus four, but who knows? It could be in a little fall here. And I don't, that's why I'm not going to touch it here. Um, I was largely unconvinced by the Lions' performance on Thanksgiving Day. Um, I am going to go Saints underdog of the week here at the Superdome. Um, I think. The Lions might be kind of getting exposed. Um, they played a close game with the Chargers, a close game with the Bears, a comeback win against the Bears, and then finally lost to the Packers. Um, and I think this is a deceptively difficult game against um, a defensive unit like this, especially when you consider that the Lions' offense hasn't been up to par, or at least wasn't up to par in their last game. Um, so I think this is a good opportunity for the Saints to nick a win off them. Um, I think the Lions overall are fine, but I think this is a bit of a um, maybe a slower part of their season, so I'm hoping to bank on them uh, being a little cold coming into this one. Yeah, it, it is. Like I it, earlier in the season, I kind of fell victim to it, but I they're just not they're not the top of the NFC. I would put San Francisco, Philadelphia, and I would even put Dallas above Detroit. I think they're fourth in that four tier. Um, and I've said it, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, I probably have, that I don't think Detroit can win a playoff game in Philly 
in San Francisco or in Dallas. Like the only way I can imagine them winning a playoff game is if it's at Ford Field. So they need to pick it up and start winning games that they should because there's no reason they should be losing to Green Bay at home. All right. Holy shit, this game's going to be bad. Uh, Falcons at Jets. Falcons are three-point road favorites. I mean, as disgusting as it is, as a better, I think you have to do Jets plus three here. Again, that defense against Desmond Ritter, I'm going to take the Jets to win this damn game. I can't believe I'm doing it, but... I mean, Desmond Ritter on the road against this Jets defense. It's just, it's a disaster waiting to happen. I'll take the Jets to win. Yeah, I was tempted to, I wanted Jets to be, uh, whatchamacallit, plus three and a half because they would have been my underdog of the week, which is insane to say. I like the Jets in this game as well. I so like the Falcons. Gonna, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do we know if Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle is going to get the start? Tim Boyle right now. Oh, It'll, never mind. Give me the Falcons. It will. It's either going to be Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon. Wow. Okay, yeah. No, never mind. Give me the Falcons. Um, I like the Falcons. Um, I think that the Jets win last week was against... Uh, the Jets didn't win this those, week. Or the Jets' performance. Sorry, I mixed them up with the Giants. The Jets' performance last week was poor. Um, however, they did have the little pick six incidents. That was funny. Um, yeah. yeah, I liked what I saw from the Falcons a little bit more. They actually gave the ball to that uh, that running back that they thought was so good. They needed to use a top ten pick on him. They actually <laughs> used him this week. Um, I think if that continues, they might they might reap some benefits. Uh, and also that that guy that they used the top fifteen uh, receiver pick on last year, he uh, he had a pretty good game as well. So maybe maybe they complete the trifecta and Kyle Pitts gets a reception this week. Um, but I'll take the Panthers or the Panthers, the Falcons. Um, so yeah, isn't it crazy what happens when you get the ball to your good players? It's just wild. It, Who it think took, players not plays? Yeah, Arthur Smith. I mean, it's like wow. It's it's like almost like you took dynamic players high in the draft and you should use them. All right. Yeah, it's almost like you've got weaponry that like the Kansas City Chiefs would. Kill the half. Have, yeah. I will also and, say this, though. You bring up, you change your pick as a Tim Boyle. This is disrespectful as hell, but I view Tim Boyle and Desmond Ritter on a, a very similar level. I don't have any value in either of them. I mean, yeah, what has Desmond Ritter done to earn, like, respect? You know? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean he's not really just as bad, in my opinion. But we move on. Yeah. Dolphins at Commanders. Dolphins are nine and a half point road favorites. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Miami in this spot. They should run up the score. The commanders fire Jack Del Rio, which I think is kind of stupid because, like, or I guess, like, why now? Because you traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and now you're like, well, the defense isn't doing good enough. Well, yeah, you traded your two-star pass rushers. Of course, the defense took a hit. It's just a mess in Washington. Ron Rivera's days are limited. Give me the Dolphins to win this one. Dolphins, I really like them to win this game. I think we all know whenever they play really bad teams, they do really well. And for that reason, I'm going to go Miami minus 9.5 as my lock of the week. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Big road favorite. Yeah, I think it's fair, though, because this is kind of the tendency that the Dolphins have. They don't mess around with shitty teams. Um, Like, some teams play with their food a little bit. The Dolphins haven't done that much this year. Um, I like this pick. I like them to win handily, and I'm just really not convinced by the commanders at all. They got blown out by the Cowboys. That, that the same thing happens here. So I kind of hope no one would have picked this. Damn it, Josh. 
Wait, was that? But you already had a lock of the week. Exactly, but I just think it's gonna hit. Oh, appreciate <laughs> it. Yep. Well, all right. We go to the afternoon slate. Panthers at Bucks. Uh, Tampa's a five-point favorite. Uh, Frank Reich is out in Carolina. He lasted eleven games. Urban Meyer lasted longer in Jacksonville than Frank Reich did in Carolina. To put into perspective how bad this organization is, their owner is a complete dipshit. Um, you know, teams typically the game after their coach gets fired and the interim is there play pretty fucking hard. They come out and they play with passion. But I just don't think this Carolina team has the talent to do anything. I, I'll take Tampa here. I, this this team is a mess, and I genuinely feel bad for Bryce Young because he is being put in a situation that just sucks. Yeah, this is really dumb. Panthers, underdog of the week. <laughs> Oof. I mean, look, you know. I'm throwing a Hail Mary right now. Interim coaches, you know, sometimes magic happens. That's what I'm thinking. And hopefully the streak ends or else it's going to start getting really scary because if I don't get a single pick right, then that means I have to do the beer mile. The, a whole, I could, there's a chance I could do two beer miles. You'd have to do yeah, two. But, You're about and a half. Yeah, no, he looking like I'm gonna. Not, no, if he goes, if he goes zero and eighteen, he has to do two. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why you made that, but all right. Um, because I think that's. I think if I didn't much, get a pick by eighteen, you hate, zero, how much do you hate Jake Elliott? I fucking hate that prick. Like more, <laughs> like Riley Peterson, Riley Peterson, and Jake Elliott. Or kind of on the same level for me right now. It was so. damn close to being Justin Tucker, too, for you this week. Oh, my God, dude. If I would have fucking lost my lock of the week because Justin Tucker, the second highest uh, field goal percentage of all time, misses a fucking chip shot and for NFL kickers, I'm not going to say I'm going to be able to make it, but a fucking chip shot for a guy that's known as the GOAT, he's not my fucking GOAT if he can't even cover the fucking spread. <laughs> Um, all right, I'll take the Buccaneers. Uh, not much to be said here about these teams. Their season's over. In what is probably the most anticipated matchup of the regular season. We yes, have indeed. 49ers at Eagles. Niners in Philadelphia are three-point favorites. This number jumped out to me crazy when I first saw it, man. Um, and look, I get it. Philadelphia's kind of been scraping by with some, you know, Kind of Mickey Mouse ways to win, but that's just what they do. Like people, you know, people are saying it's luck, it's a coincidence that they're able to win these close games. I don't buy that though. I think that's just who they are. Like, sure, should you know, would they have lost if Marquez Valdez Scantling caught that pass? There's a pretty high probability of it, right? But the thing about them is they never find themselves out of a game, and that's why they're able to do that. Like they're taking advantage of the other team's mistakes, and they capitalize when they have to. I think this is an absurd line to be giving San Francisco three points in Philadelphia. I am going to take Philadelphia to win. I just, at this point, why would I pick against the Eagles, man? Like, they time and time again, no matter how bad it looks, find a way to pull out a win. I think Jalen Hurts is 30-4 and in his last 34 starts. Ridiculous. I'm taking Philadelphia. I think this line is disrespectful towards the Eagles. It's not lock of the week though, right? No. Oh, I. Okay, well, I'm gonna write yours in again. You don't know mine, so don't act like you do. But get into Josh. What do you, What do you think about? Because you you sent in the chat that you liked San Francisco. 
Oh, I think San Francisco is going to kick the shit out of the Eagles. Oh my God, why? Dude, the Eagles could be fucking seven and three right now, and I wouldn't be shocked. Or eight and three. They've played two really good teams. Yes, don't get me wrong, and they've played them very close. But they haven't played the second best team in the NFL in the 49ers. And I think the 49ers are playing really good football right now because they're coming off a really good win against Jacksonville, a really good win on Thanksgiving on the road in Seattle. Like, when I was watching that game with my dad against the Seahawks, I know it's the fucking Seahawks, but, dude, they are, from the minute that ball was kicked off, it was all the 49ers. They just controlled that game the whole fucking game. Like, and they did the same thing against the Jaguars. The Eagles, on the other hand, aren't playing really good convincing ball right now, and for that reason, I'm going to go 49ers to kill the Eagles. Um, okay, I really like the 49ers here, too. Oh, my um, God, what is happening? I, yeah, personally, this, I really thought that we were all going to be in agreement on this. Jackson, usually toot the 49ers horn, and I just figured there's no way I could get this line. Um, 49ers minus three, I love. Like, if I had the option to switch to it, I would. Um, it, I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. Um, Agreed. I think... I think that the Super Bowl is going to be a Super Bowl 54 rematch. Um, and really, I think the Niners will be favorites in that game. Um, when they are healthy, and this is a big win, the Niners are just, I, I don't really know what you do about them. Um, they kind of are just a steamroller. Um, and when they're not super healthy, we see what happens. I mean, they're prone to... One or two guys going away, and it becomes problematic. If they lose McCaffrey, if they lose Debo, if they lose Trent Williams, uh, any of those guys, it, it becomes a completely different story. Um, they're going to have all those guys this week. I predicated my lock last week on the fact that they're pretty unstoppable when all of these resources are available to them. Um, I, If I was setting the line, I would have set it at Niners minus three and a half. Um, I like them a lot here. I think that they roll. Um, and maybe I'm going to be completely wrong, but I I think they're the true team to beat in the NFL right now. We need to find a bet to put on this between us. I, it, this is I feel like I'm getting punked. How how am, is this possible that a dude team the Bills beat the, the Eagles I, dude, the, in the, Philly? The other thing is I want to say outside of the drop passes, it, there's an argument that the best the Chiefs offense has looked all year was against the Eagles. Um, like, I don't think that their defense is an unstoppable force. Their defensive line is really good, don't get me wrong. Uh, their secondary is a lot of question marks. Right. Uh, and their offense isn't quite as dominant as it felt last year. I, I think they're more of a get-the-game-done type of team, and I think that might work out for them here. But I like the Niners. I do. I'm going uh, Charles Barkley here. I guarantee the Eagles win this game. Let's All right, if you want to, if you want to take Eagles money line at even odds, don't even get the bookie uh, boost. We can, I'll, I'll, I'll go against you, buddy. Eagles are plus one thirty, forty nineers are minus one fifty five. Are we gonna have a bet? Uh, perhaps, but not right now. Moving on, Browns at Rams. Rams are three and a half point home favorites. Yeah, obviously, I like the Rams in this spot and. Guys, I mean, that Rams over six wins looks pretty, pretty good right now. They sit at five and six. Was it five and a half or was it six and a half? It's six on the dot. So they've got to win seven. But they get the Browns at home. They get the Commanders at home later. The Saints at home. The Giants. There's plenty of opportunity for them to pick up that. 
these wins. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is either going to be Dorian Thompson Robinson on a week that he doesn't practice because he has a concussion, PJ Walker, or practice squad Joe Flacco. And regardless, I like the Rams in this spot to get to six and six. Yeah, I think the Rams are looking really good right now. I was thinking about this for a Browns underdog of the week because they can always just find ways to win, but they not, but they might not have one of their best players in Miles Garrett. I also think Cooper Cup should take this week off because he needs to get healthy. But with that being said, I still really do like the Rams. If it was minus two and a half, I would have taken Rams under or lock of the week, but they're three and a half. Uh, I like the Rams here as well. I think Jackson, you've got, I think you're onto something a little bit here. I I um I like the Rams to make the playoffs. Uh, I think that, I think they've got a good shot at it. I think that they'll go above the Seahawks, um, and I don't know who's going to stand between them there. The Vikings losing definitely helps them. Well, you know um, what's interesting? They are behind Packers are in that same area because of the head-to-head because the Packers got to face Mark Rippon. <laughs> so yeah. Green Bay yeah. was the head-to-head in that. I think the Packers are taking an L this weekend, though. They they might this week, and we're going to get to that, but they might this week, but the Packers still have the Panthers, Giants, and Buccaneers on the schedule, and, oh, the, and the Bears, and the Vikings. There is okay. plenty opportunity for Green Bay, even if, and we'll get to it, we'll just move right into <laughs> is it. Is that all they do? They have, the, the Packers schedule after this game, they play, this will be a good segue, play Chiefs this week, at Giants, Bucks at home, at Panthers, at Vikings, Bears at home. Okay. Yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Pretty laid that's, back. They, honestly, you should feel confident about making <laughs> yeah, that. That's um, a pretty easy schedule. Now it's time to get into it. Chiefs at Packers. This is the primetime KC eclipse where my yes, Packers take on the Chiefs. And there were lines, I'm not going to lie. There were lines I wanted way more than this. But I wasn't going to be a pussy. This only happens every so often and I had to pick a line on this game. I wasn't going to shy away and have nothing on this game. Because you know these two teams better than anybody. I mean, like, better than you know any, like, combination exactly. of two teams. And with that being said, Chiefs minus six and a half, lock of the week. Yeah, I, I like, kind of pre- wow. I had it. I had that. You didn't. Wow. I, I like Kansas City to win this game by at least a touchdown. Um, Spags, last time he played. I don't know Jordan. what you're doing. What? I know what you're doing. This is you're trying to pull fucking me and do some <laughs> I'm reverse not psychology. To pull anything. <laughs> I think the Packers are gonna win. I I genuinely <laughs> believe the Chiefs are gonna win this game. Damn it! All right, and I believe they're gonna win it by like probably ten points. And here's here's my rationale behind it: is the last time that Spags played Jordan Love, you know what happened? Like Jordan Love looked absolutely confused. He looked like a fish out of water. Now that was his first career start compared to now, but. At Green Bay is coming off of two really nice weeks. Jordan Love is coming off of some great performances. I just think eventually it comes back down to earth a little bit. Kansas City gets it figured out. If this was seven, I probably would not have touched it. I, well, I would have because I'm not. I'm, I had to do something with this game. If this was seven, I would have probably gone Green Bay six and a half. I like Kansas City to win this game on the road, and you know the Chiefs don't have great receivers, but. Green Bay secondary might be the weakest that they've played all season because A, Jair Alexander might not fucking play. B, Rasul Douglas got traded to the Bills, so he's not there. I mean, Green Bay is starting a seventh-round rookie at corner right now. I just think it's a good matchup for Kansas City, and I like them to get the job done. Minus six and a half, I've taken Kansas City and Green Bay. 
against my own interest. Yeah, no, I had Packers plus six and a half, but I know what you're fucking yeah, doing. Yeah, I you know, t- I, yes, you I know your reverse anything. psychology. You didn't know Your reverse psychology. You're you trying to do some reverse anything. psychology. You didn't know You anything. can't do that. No, I'm hedging, okay? Because also, if the Chiefs win and cover this, I'm happy. If the Packers win, I lose this, but I'm still happy. It's a hedge. Yeah, what, if the, what if the Chiefs win by three? Well, then I am just in a pile of shit. Also, I want it to be known Justin Fields is him. Fuck you, Jack. <laughs> That's what you got out of last night? Yep. He put a... They okay, scored okay. field goals on... Oh, my God. The Bears aren't even on the fucking <laughs> schedule this week. Shut up. Just to piss him off. I know if I mentioned Justin Fields, it pisses him off. Just get, Jordan yeah. Love is light years... Since we're on the Packers, Jordan Love is light years better than Justin Fields, and I will stand on that. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ in hell. Okay. Um, When I blindly set this line on this game myself, I said Chiefs minus six. Um, It was Chiefs minus six and a half. So it's not the line that I want, um, but I think it's not a bad pick. Um, I really liked what we saw from the Chiefs last week, um, last Saturday, Sunday. My God. Um, It kind of a backs against the wall performance. Uh, you can see how things feel if the Chiefs just falter after going down 14 nothing, given the way they lost the week before. Um, and they basically stepped on the Raiders' throats. Um, I continue to think that the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Um, so I like them to win here. I'm not going to take... I didn't ever really think about taking them lock of the week, but I am definitely recommending you put them in your six-point teasers because... Um, I think one way or another they get the game done this weekend. Um, and, yeah, I think it's another solid performance from the offense. Hopefully we get to see some more Rashi Rice action because if he can uh, be a big playmaker, uh, especially in the bigger moments, then that is a big boost to this Chiefs team, not to mention um, maybe getting some people back from injury that they didn't have last week. So we'll see. I think it should be uh, I think it should be an interesting game, though. It's never easy to just waltz into Lambeau. Um, and get get business done. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think Jackson's going to be a bit of a mess, to be honest. Yeah. It's going to be in an ideal world. Like well, now, not that I took Chiefs minus six and a half. But like in an ideal world, I was hoping this game would be like fifty one forty eight, and Mahomes and Love just go fucking insane. Uh, but yeah, I mean, mm, I wouldn't like my confidence in the Chiefs defense to be completely demolished <laughs> in one afternoon. That would suck. If we gave up 48 points to Jordan Love, I would be fucking scared shitless. Jordan Love ain't that bad, all right? But, uh, yeah, the weather for this game, when this came out, I was like, oh, shit, December football. Chiefs at Lambeau in December. Doesn't look like it's going to be that bad. It's uh, looks like it's Lambeau-y. 38 overcast with a 33% chance of rain and 8-mile-per-hour wind gusts. So nothing, nothing terrible. Um, doesn't look like it's going to be super... Yeah, 38 degrees at kickoff is what it's scheduled at right now, or what it says right now. We'll see if anything changes. But, yeah, looking forward to it. But like you noted about Rasheed Rice, I wanted to talk about that is I think the Chiefs found something out about themselves this last week, and that's they got to stop wasting touches on guys that just aren't productive. Because what we've seen in previous weeks is they try and get everyone involved, right? And they try and get Tony and Sky Moore and McCole Hardman, and Clyde. They try to get these guys all involved, right? And I think the best way for this Chiefs team to win right now is to say, fuck that. 
we're not going to get everyone involved. We're going to feed Kelsey, feed Rasheed Rice, feed Pacheco, and then like once in a blue moon we'll hit Justin Watson on a touchdown pass if he's open. I think the Chiefs found something there. To be fair, I think this is a weird week to come away with that conclusion because I can think of Sky Moore and uh, Noah Gray and Clyde Edwards-Alaire all having uh, relatively high-impact snaps and plays this week. Um, Sky Moore had a good game. I mean, he... He hit his over in receiving yards. It's the first time in a long time he's done that. What was it, um, two? But, but uh, <laughs> no, he got like 30-something. He had that one long reception. No, Sam, what, um, was, the, what was the line, like two oh, yards? No, it was definitely like 15 and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what it's been. I, I decided to finally say screw it and stop hitting it, and then he hit it. Then he so, hit it. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. how it was. Yeah. Yeah, you're ta- I'm so, talking like Pacheco had 20 touches, Rasheed had eight, and Travis yes, had six. I see what you're saying. The, though, the for big sure. three, yeah. those three players, are should be the ones touching the ball the most. Not like when we played Philly and Justin Watson got targeted 11 times. That's not how we should run the offense. I'm not saying you can't get guys involved. Like, yeah, if Sky can give you three for 34 at this point, that's great. Like you, you would take that from him at this point. If yep. Noel Gray can give you three for 30 at this point, that's great. But you can't be relying on guys like Justin Watson and Noah Gray and Sky Moore. You need to be reliant on Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and Pacheco. Because those are the guys. But, and, and even when Tony comes back, like I, I still think you've got to make Rice and Kelsey the focal point of the offense. I think the unfortunate thing with all of this is the Chiefs haven't really even done that. It's just been... Uh, in our three losses, there's been one or two... Uh, centerpiece drops and yeah. all of them have been very catchable passes it's not like we're putting we're we're, we're telling uh justin watson to do the get open route giving him the good the good looks and he's just getting nowhere with it um it's really just about execution i think when you get to you the talk bottom about, of it but, but you talk about the biggest three drops of the season probably tony week one against the lions when he dropped it uh yeah to, but to and i agree no, i agree with all of this range. Look, then you talk about versus Denver. Sky Moore drops a huge fourth down touchdown pass. And then against Philly, Marquez Valdez-Scantling drops the huge touchdown in the fourth quarter. And, but Those the, are the guys. The theme of all of these is they're all wide open and they're all perfect throws. I'm not saying I Mahomes mean, is making the wrong read. I'm just saying. No, but, and I'm not saying that the Chiefs – I'm not blaming Mahomes or the offense – like if these guys are open, I get it. You have to throw them the football. There's no like they're NFL yeah. receivers. You have to trust them. I would just prefer they put other guys in those spots that I'm more confident would come down with the act with come down with the ball. Then I don't want my game coming down to a sky more end zone shot. I just don't feel confident in it, even if he's open. Yeah. Well, then that's a, that. Then that that uncovers the biggest problem with the Chiefs. Then because. It is. It's not a secret. Only thirty-one out of thirty-two teams. If they, if you tell them before a game that all they got to do is have one of those catches be a catch, they'll take it ninety-nine times out of a hundred. But I, I agree. It. I agree with what. But you're it saying. is. It's not they, a secret that everyone knows it. Yeah. That's that's the problem right now. Is you've got guys exactly. who just unfortunately aren't reliable at at that position right now, and you know it's it sucks that a, your rookie who. Rookies are typically the ones who struggle the most with drops and they struggle the most with getting open to begin their career and, you know, figuring out the league. It sucks that we have to rely on Rasheed Rice so much, but that's just the situation that we're in. And credit to him, last week and, you know, last few weeks, he's been stepping up and filling a role that we've needed. All right, 
Monday Night Football to round out the week. Bengals at Jaguars. Jaguars are eight. Those Sunday Night Football? Packers and Chiefs are Sunday Night Football. Oh, I'm stupid as hell. <laughs> yep. Uh, Bengals at Jaguars. The Jaguars are eight-point home favorites. Um, I don't have a super strong opinion on the line. I think Jacksonville wins, but I, I could see Cincinnati keeping it somewhat close. Um, just take the under. Just Monday Night Football unders are now 13-1 and one this season. Just take the under. Yeah, uh, that was bad last night. I almost had Jordan Addison... First and last touchdown score on accident, which would have been insane. I'm going to take the Jaguars to win. I think the Bengals actually make it a little closer. They actually shocked me this week against the Steelers, who have a really good defense. They only put up 10 um, points. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm going to take the Jaguars. I think this won't be too entertaining of a game. Um, I don't really know about the line. I think minus eight's around where I'd put it. Um, I think it's a one touchdown or so win for Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I, it probably is going to be a miserable, low-scoring, shitty football game. That's. Just, I mean, it's a Monday night game. Every so. Monday night football game just somehow ends up doing that. It makes no sense. The only over, which is hilarious, the only game to go over on Monday night this year, Steelers and Browns. Probably the two teams that go under the most. It's just ridiculous how low scoring Monday night has been this year, but that is the slate for NFL week 13. Obviously uh, I'm looking forward to chiefs Packers, but I'm really looking forward to 49ers Eagles. That one is, I'd say it's game of the year, or at least a matchup of the year. It, it, Monday we have, we have, in my opinion, we have Broncos Texans at noon, Eagles 49 49ers Eagles at 305 Chiefs Packers Sunday Night Football. It's gonna be a good Sunday. Yeah, that's it's a good slate in that in that regards. And I'm glad that they moved. Um, I'm glad they moved Broncos Texans from three to noon. That was a good decision by the league to get that they in. They did okay because DraftKings still has them at 305. ESPN has them at noon. They did. Yeah, they moved. They flexed the game to noon a couple weeks ago. When did they do? Okay, they um, probably did it thinking the Broncos were shit. They they actually did it. I believe after Denver beat Buffalo is when they did it. They flexed it to noon because they didn't want that game coinciding with 49ers-Eagles. I mean, they, they did a great job at making sure nobody's going to watch anything but 49ers-Eagles because it's Panthers-Bucks and Browns-Rams. Those are the only other two games. So I'm down they, to watch some Browns-Rams. They did a fantastic job at making sure all eyeballs will be on 49ers-Eagles uh, in that late afternoon slot. I don't even think I'm going to have red zone on for that afternoon slot. I'm probably just going to have 49ers-Eagles on my TV. But, uh, yeah, that is NFL Week 13. It's crazy. We're already at NFL Week 13. just doesn't feel right. All right. Uh, let's move over and talk about Mizzou. Their, college, their regular season's over. They finished 10-2. and Beat the absolute hell out of Arkansas in the final game of the season. Did what they had to do. And uh, it just still feels so weird that this team is 10-2. and And that they're probably going to be able to play a New Year's Six Bowl. It just, it it surpasses every preseason expectation possible, and yet I'm sitting here thinking, God, if they beat LSU, we'd be in this. Yep, yep, they would. They absolutely would be. I mean, I think I think that we can't dwell on that toll too no. much, but um, yeah, that's definitely a thought that has to enter your head. And it especially entered my head when Alabama almost lost oh. the Iron Bowl, uh, but then they didn't. So to be honest, 
maybe not the worst thing in the world that that ridiculousness occurred. Um, thing I'm focused on is I think we've uh, reflected on this quite a few times, but at the start of the season, I was very upset with the state of Mizzou football, and that could not be like less proven wrong than it is now. Um, it's or more proven wrong than it is now. That this is a great like state of the state of the team uh, to look at at the end of the regular season to whoop up on Arkansas at their place um, and pretty much punch your ticket to a New Year's Six Bowl is pretty awesome. Uh, and not to mention a lot of recruiting victories. Um, look, just good, uh, good. Can't complain about any of the ongoings here, even if, you know, maybe it felt like we could have could have snuck a game by LSU or Georgia. Um, pretty, pretty awesome place to be at. I'm very, very stoked. Uh, and hopefully we can get a good opponent for that bowl game. It's like, yeah, preseason, it's like. 10 and 2, I would have been doing backflips. And now I'm sitting here yeah. and I'm like, God, we could have been 11 and 1. You know, I'm it's just like, pissed because it's not 12 men or it's not 12 teams. That's what yeah, I'm pissed That is at. the most unfortunate situation. Because if it were 12 teams, as it sat right now, Mizzou would be playing Alabama in the playoffs. That is so We'd be funny. playing it. We would be playing in Tuscaloosa, which that I think we would so probably lose. Funny but think about. the winner. The winner of that game would then probably go on to play Georgia. And I truly think if we play Georgia on a neutral field, we have a chance. Well, it's time to talk about – we do this every year, and it's one of my favorite arguments. It's really going to be the last year we can do it. we got to talk about the four that are going to make the playoffs this year. And I have it pulled up right now. Conference so. championship weekend is huge. College football playoff rankings come out tonight, correct? Well, yes. once this is re- – Tonight at 7. Once this is out, they'll be out. But not while we're recording this. I envision – if it were me – my top tell me four. who you think. Tell my me who you think is going to win conference championships because ESPN has a playoff predictor, and then it will give you the percent of each team making the playoffs. So, sure, sure. tell me. Okay, uh, give so me matchups. Bama, Georgia. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll Bama wins. Georgia. I'll take Georgia. John, man, I think I think Bama's going to win. What? <laughs> okay, only because I'm a bit of a nihilist about this and just think. Like, oh, it's going to be Bama, Bama or Georgia, and I'm just going to have to live with that. Um, I don't know, though, man. I think I think Georgia's a better team. I'm pretty confident in that. We'll see, though. I let's think it's going to be you know what? Game. Instead of thinking who we win, let's do the all-chaos scenario. Pick Bama. Okay. Pick Bama Florida State. Florida State. Louisville. Pick Louisville. Florida State to win. Just because we want to make this the chaos so yeah. we can. Chaos. Florida State to win. So keep then Florida State what? undefeated. Washington to win. No, we Washington want Oregon to, be undefeated. to win. Next up is Iowa, Michigan. Let Michigan so win. We, we don't need Iowa to win. It, that won't matter. That it, Michigan's in regardless, in my opinion. Next up, Ohio or Oklahoma State and Texas. Let Texas win that one. So and then Oregon, win. Washington. And let Oregon win that one. All right. What do they have the do playoff guess, at with those results? Okay. <laughs> do you want to yeah. take a guess at what it would be? I would guess – I don't know what number they'd put them at, but I would guess that would make it Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Oregon. John, do you have any guess? Alabama wins. Are you yes. saying Alabama wins if, the yes, SEC yes, in this This factor's in Alabama one. Dude, Al- there's no way they keep the SEC champion out of the playoffs. But there's right. also they no, have, there's, they put but, but in the same but Bama. in the same breath there's no way they could put in Alabama and not put in Texas when Texas went to Alabama and beat Alabama. 
by more. Yeah, but see, this is where the chaos occurs. Exactly, and that's what I love about it. Because you're putting in Georgia, but Texas beat Georgia, or Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship. Like, you have to, isn't there, like, a weight adjustment for, like, a conference championship win? I mean, man. Probably not because Texas won it. So what Texas is it, Josh? won it on the road. With, with Michigan, what we did, what Michigan would be one, Florida State two, wow. Oregon three, and at number four, it is the SEC of next year in the Texas Longhorns. They would so have they Georgia Bama and Bama, Bama missing the playoff? They would have Texas having a 57% oh, chance no. of making the playoffs. Listen, they would have Texas making having a 57% chance percent to make the playoffs. <laughs> And Bama to have a 43%. So I think it would be a coin flip. I will put it okay. out there right now. There is no shot in hell, regardless of outcome, Georgia's does not make the playoff. <laughs> they are 100% in, unless they Whatever we predicted. How does this change if, if Washington wins? Ooh, that is uh, a good, that's a good question. Do they, do they fuck around and let Washington in? They would have to. Uh, here we go. Yeah, they top do. Four would, they top do. four would be Michigan 1, Washington 2, Florida State 3, Texas 4. So they would kick so Georgia out. They, they would still have no SEC. That is so yeah. insane. Like here's the I deal. think now here's the I think I for say. Georgia to be clear to be almost certified in Florida State has to lose. Well, before we get to conference championship, who is your guys' four right now? Because for me, I would go Michigan, Georgia, one and two. You could flip however you wanted to there. I would put probably Washington at three. And then I would, oh God, I guess Florida State at four. Like, I know they don't have Jordan Travis, but that can't prevent you from ranking them at four. They're an undefeated. They weren't four last year, or last week. But but that's because there was an undefeated in the top four. Ohio State's no longer undefeated. So, Florida I, State was I five. Florida State has to move into the top four now, right? Which sucks, dude, because I don't want to watch Florida State get pummeled by Georgia. Well, here's the deal. is Florida State could lose the ACC championship game to Louisville. They easily. could, dude, but fuck. And it, it's very possible. I say this. I think... I knew Louisville was dog shit. Well, yeah, Louisville. I mean, who the hell cared about Louisville, right? Like, you know, they, their fan base got a little excited on Twitter this past couple weeks. Like, we're way better than Mizzou. Why are we behind them? Then they proceeded to lose to Kentucky. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's... I'll tell you, the the four that I would love, the, the my ideal four would be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and then I would throw in either Texas or Bama at the four. I I want Oregon in so bad. I think Oregon is so good. And their only loss is a three-point loss on the road at Washington, which I believe they will avenge this week. In the, I mean, Oregon's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in the Pac-12 championship game to a team that they lost to in the regular season. Clearly, the okay. odds makers like Oregon. Yeah. The, this is a couple of ways I see it. Is one... I think Florida State's going to beat Louisville, which you have to put them in. You can't leave you can't, them out if they're undefeated. Yeah, you um, have to. I think – I honestly like the idea of betting Washington. I don't think Oregon deserves that much over them, um, but I think Oregon might win. That one really affects things. Yeah, the biggest question, though, is when it comes down to it and we enter the scenario we talked about. You've got a one-loss Big 12 champion Texas, a one-loss – SEC champion Alabama and a one loss Georgia. You can only really put one of those teams in if Michigan wins uh, and uh, freaking uh, Florida State wins. 
it's so, so it's, bad. It's a mess. It's, it's such a bad mess. It, it's so bad. This is why when these teams schedule dog shit teams non-con, it messes everything up. Because you've got Michigan, who in non-con scheduled like UNLV and all these other random teams. And the team, the two teams that scheduled an actual game, Texas and Alabama, are potentially, it's going to potentially cost Alabama their season for scheduling a real team. And that is just, it sucks. The next year obviously won't be like that, but it sucks in this scenario. Like, if Alabama wins, I think it's more likely. I, I, I know the ESPN thing disagrees, but I think it's more likely that if Alabama wins this game, that we see Alabama and Georgia in the playoff than neither of them. I don't know how you could leave the SEC out of the playoff. I just don't. I just can't imagine them leaving the SEC completely out of the playoff. Yeah, if it is, that'd be funny as hell. I really I love, love the it. idea. Of that. I would love it. It would. I be think we would get the most entertaining playoff yet. Real. It would. Be, oh, it would. Think... Dude, it would be awesome. Like, fuck, that would be awesome. It would. Be. But this but, is all being said. If Georgia well, I wins, well, I don't over. want it. No, you say it's awesome, but this is if if there's no SEC team, that means there's a Florida State with a backup quarterback, and that's not awesome. That's not fun. So like, it would I, what? I'm saying if there's no Florida SEC team, that probably means. Florida State made it, and that I don't really want to see. Dude, yeah, Louisville's dog shit. I'm telling you, like I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if Florida State wins, but I also wouldn't be shocked if Florida State wins and Oregon beats Washington. That <laughs> Oregon makes it over Florida State. It's gonna make Florida State really pissed off. But dude, I think the committee needs to realize Florida State can't win it. They just need to. Well, the committee can't prevent them from making the playoff based off of an injury. If the resume, they, is- can, they, they literally playoff. Like that, they can't. It's just the, that's the system is unbelievably broken. If that's how they do it, if they're eight undefeated, thirteen and zero ACC champions, that system is unbelievably broken. If they're sitting out of the playoff, this isn't UCF going undefeated in a Group of Five conference. This is a team in a Power Five conference had to go win a game on the road at Clemson. Had to beat. I mean, they played. It's not like they've played, you know, a stupid schedule. You they it hasn't been the hardest, but. You couldn't leave a 13-0 ACC champion out of the playoffs. But it just sucks so bad that Jordan Travis is not healthy. Because if he was, they would be such a fun team in the playoff. Yeah, well, they're not. I, I, I got to go, boys. But my D4 of the week is the Los Angeles Clippers. They lost to DeAndre Jordan and <laughs> Reggie Jackson. Uh, they they started doing hack of Jordan. Yeah. And he made the free throws. Like, he was making them. <laughs> he shot, like, seven of eight from the line. Uh <laughs> So yeah, that was, found, that was fun. Before before you go, I found one scenario where it's Michigan, Oregon, Texas, and Bama. That would be with Who, the Oregon, Texas, with the last one being out, Ohio State. <laughs> this oh. could get so wacky. That's if Alabama beats Georgia and Louisville beats Florida State. That is crazy. I feel bad for the committee. Yeah, this is gonna be so brutal. For the committee's sake, they better hope Georgia. Florida State and Michigan just take care of business. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into D4 of the week then. Josh, John has his as he's about to go uh, play some rec league basketball, I think. Josh, what's your D4 of the week? My D4 of the week is going to be the New York Jets and Tim Boyle in the yeah. Hell Mary. Hell Mary? Hell, yeah, we call it the Hell Mary. That's a good name for the it. The Hell Mary? Yeah. Yeah. That was that was atrocious. Yeah, throwing a pick six on a hail mary. I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. That is, especially not at the NFL level. But like, 
I don't even know if I've seen that at high school or college level. That is unbelievably bad. It's the Jets are such a mockery, and 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 I'll go on the the train with you on the Jets for my D four of the week. And it's really just people that pretended that Joe Douglas was a genius this offseason for everything that he did. I mean, to mortgage your entire future, your your job. I mean, your job is on the line in this season, really, for how bad that the franchise has been under his control. To mortgage it all on a 39-year-old quarterback and to make every move just to make that 39-year-old quarterback happy, bringing in Nathaniel Hackett, who has been terrible as OC for them, bringing in Alan Lazard on a massive overpay, who was a healthy scratch for the Black Friday game, bringing in Randall Cobb, who barely even plays. I think he has three catches on the season. Just, it's how not to run a franchise. It's why the Jets are the Jets. And it's why it's honestly why the Packers are the Packers. And the Packers are... Success, you know, the Packers aren't anything special right now, but they know when to let go, and they're not going to let one man run the franchise. And so, I say, yeah, Joe Douglas, uh, people who thought the Jets were geniuses this offseason, I know the injury was inevitable, but or not inevitable, the injury wasn't their fault, but I feel like the rest of this was still inevitable. Lazard getting as much money as he did was a, a joke. Nathaniel Hackett becoming offensive coordinator was completely Rogers' decision. You have to feel. Just, just a complete mess in New York for the Jets right now. And uh, if your only hope is a 40-year-old quarterback coming back in the fall, good luck. Yep, it's bad. I wish John was here because he's saying, well, he's not coming back this December. <laughs> yeah. John would be yeah, doing – John is doing victory laps over this. But, uh, yes. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. It's a big, big, big week ahead for – college football and the NFL and all things considered. So we will be back next week with a jam packed episode. See you guys then.